Welcome to The Baseball Show. Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app. The The Baseball Baseball Show Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. This is the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Again, ESPN MLB Show. If you're a Cubs fan, Sox fan, Major League Baseball fan, this is the show for you right after Waddle and Sylvie. Weeknights right here on ESPN 1000. We will talk about Sox and Cubs players that have a lot to prove here for the 2020 season. We'll open up our uh, Major League Baseball notebook as well. But let me start here talking about David Ross. So when we looked at the Joe Madden coming in, taking over for Rick Renneria, going back to 2015, you just knew that Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer would have a plan in place. They didn't know that Joe Madden would be available from Tampa just like that. But he was available. And so you had to be able to find someone that was not an A to B manager. Renteria definitely was that guy with a 73-89 record going back to his time with the Cubs in 2014. Before that, it's the dark years of the Cubs uh, in, the, in the 2000s. When we look at Dale Swaim as the manager and Mike Quaddy as the manager. And before that, you had some success with Lou Pinella when he was managing the Cubs. But the point is, is that as soon as Theo Epstein took the job to be one of the heads of the Chicago Cubs, you knew that the fortunes would change. Wasn't sure if it'd be the World Series, but you had a guy that's been there and done that. And if you fail with Theo Epstein, then maybe your organization's doomed. And so because of the relationship that um, Theo Epstein had with Joe Madden from their days battling it out in the American League East, Madden comes over, and in the first year, the Cubs... They get swept in the NLCS in 2015. Madden takes over, but it's a 97-win ball club. It goes from 73 wins to 97 wins. Then, of course, you remember 2016, the World Series championship. Madden part of that 103-58 and record. And then it went from 92-70 and to 95-68. and And then Madden let go, parted, whatever you want to say. The Cubs did not make the playoffs last year, so now there's a change in place. But part of that success was David Ross. And David Ross was a journeyman catcher uh, going from place to place around the big leagues. And he became a stabilizing force in the locker room for the winning for the Chicago Cubs, especially that 2016 team. Now, there's always going to be this argument, this conversation. I've talked to Fred about this over the years, many years, about what a manager really does and what he really can bring to a Major League Baseball clubhouse. I've always maintained that a manager can be able to put together what I consider just the culture of a clubhouse. It's not push-button managing. It's not trying to drop schemes like an NFL or NHL coach. What it is, when you're a manager, you're trying to manage that clubhouse, and you're trying to get harmony in that clubhouse, and you're trying to get the most out of these players and keep them interested from late February to October if you get there. 
as we do this in the baseball show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So I mentioned Ross was part of those teams with Madden. So Ross is done with baseball and becomes a broadcaster with ESPN. And a lot of times, because of his relationship with the Cubs, ESPN would assign Ross assignments here in Chicago when the Cubs would play at Wrigley Field. Because Ross is very familiar not only with the Cubs, but the National League Central. He battled uh, in, uh, with the Chicago Cubs, so Ross would know. So I want to take you back to when David Ross was a broadcaster and not as the manager. Because there's a difference here, right? David Ross as a manager is somewhat thoughtful just from the sound bites I've heard. But again, it's about sound bites. It's trying to get the many, go through all the litany of questions that the press has. So it's kind of cut off. You don't get the full answer from Ross. I don't think now because he's thinking about it, but he's going to give you 30 seconds versus a minute 15 long thoughts about the organization because now he's the guy in charge. So let's go back to a conversation that David Kaplan and I had with David Ross last year. So, just from his viewpoint, what did the team need to do to get back into contention? Well, I think the guys, there's, there's a lot of kind of outliers from last year. Look, Contreras didn't see his second half coming, right? Like, you know, he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, we think will have a, a, an up, uptick this year uh, for, from his first half where he had, you know, an all-star first half. Um, Chris Bryant was kind of a really a non-factor uh, for the Cubs last year with the injury, you know, couldn't. Couldn't be who we expect him to be, the, the, the rookie of the year and the MVP uh, that he is. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was, was non-existent uh, that first month. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot uh, to be happy for. Obviously, uh, you didn't expect the year that Javi Baez is having or had last year, and, and hopefully he's going to have a similar year uh, to that this year. Ben Zobers had a great year. So I think it's just all around guys meshing. Kyle Schwarber needs to, needs to, to be the type of hitter that, that we expect him to be, and uh, I think you know early on in spring training, he's had great at bats, looks phenomenal in the cage. Uh, Ian Happ, again, you know, a guy that you've got some high expectations for, and uh, kind of going through a little bit of a swing change. And um, I think there's a lot to be positive about this year. Uh, they, they they do have to hit, but uh, I look at last year. And there's a lot of outliers and some bad seasons that that I didn't see coming. I think the talent is there to, for them to have bounce back years. It's interesting to hear David Ross in that minute fifteen. Talk about the Cubs, even though he is not with the team, sounding like he was with the team. Sounding like he had inside knowledge of the Cubs, and why wouldn't he? Because he played for this team, played for this organization. Something else, too, about leadership. Now, maybe a manager does not give you that 162 games a year in the regular season and in the off season, but leadership definitely matters when you're going through a long season 60 games this year but usually as you well know 162 so david ross when we asked the question do the cubs miss his leadership when he played for the cubs here's ross's response there's just a sense of when you have all the talent and 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 and, and that special group that i was able to play with and you got some new guys come in guys try to feel out where their role is and, and who they've been and when you take a piece out uh, of, a, of a great puzzle that ends up winning a championship, um, every little piece matters. Even though my piece was uh, small, it mattered. And, and, and I think that's what they saw after I left. Uh, and that's why you see a guy like Daniel Descalzo, and I kind of pick up, uh, he, he's got great leadership qualities. I talked to Tori Lovello, him coming over from the Diamondbacks uh, last few years, and raved about his leadership 
hold guys accountable, exactly what you're talking about, um, and his production on the field. This guy is a phenomenal player. He knows his role. He knows what he's doing. So, um, I mean, again, they see that more. I'm not around as much as I used to be. I'm going to try to be around more to kind of keep tabs on these types of things uh, this year, uh, as well as working with ESPN. Um, so if they say it's true, then, then I'll, I'll take it. I'll take them for their word. But um, I think we have a lot of leadership qualities in the clubhouse. A guy that goes unmentioned, Dave, is, is uh, Jason Hayward. This guy's got real leadership qualities. I've been around him a long, long time, and, and he's going to speak up more. I know they want him, his voice more, along with Riz, along with Javi. These guys are now need to take that next step. They're no longer young players. They have to take that next step and hold each other accountable because it is a fun, talented group. You know what's interesting when you hear Ross's response to our questions is how he weaves in and out of we and them. <laughs> Even though he was already a broadcaster with uh, with ESPN for a couple of years, he was still connected to the organization and connected so much so that now he's a manager of the team. I, I want to get your thoughts at 312, and Eric, we're going to open the phone lines, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. I just want to find out from Cub fans your thoughts on what David Ross can bring to the table that Joe Madden could not at the end. Because there's a reason why that there was a change. Um, Theo Epstein was saying at the end of Madden's tenure that everything was great, Madden's great, but if he was great, he'd still be here. Um, there was uh, a need for change from Epstein and Hoyer's standpoint, so that's why David Ross is the manager. Can you tell me as a Cub fan, what what are your expectations for David Ross? What can he bring that Madden could not as a manager for this Cubs team? If you're a Cubs fan, you can answer that question for me. Or if you're a baseball fan, someone who has never managed before now is going to manage the Cubs. What can he do that Madden could not at the end of his tenure? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. You can also hit us up on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. We'll get your thoughts on that coming up on the other side and take your phone calls. Also, we'll talk about players that have the most to prove in 2020 on both sides of town. We'll get to that coming up next and your thoughts on Ross versus Madden, the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with Jonathan Hood. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Ballpark Pub on Pershing. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Ballpark Pub on Pershing is a proud official White Sox bar and has all of Bridgeport's favorite pastimes. Good sports, good food, and good drink. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. An inside look at the Cubs, the White Sox, and all of Major League Baseball. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show or at ESPN 1000, the baseball show with me, Jonathan Hood. Uh, and don't forget, if you don't get a chance to hear our show live at 6 o'clock after Wild and Sylvie, hey, that's why we got the podcast, ESPN Chicago app. Download the ESPN Chicago app, look for the baseball show, click the baseball show, and you can hear our previous episodes as we get ready for Cubs and White Sox and everything else around Major League Baseball. That We are just counting the days before we have opening day for everything around Major League Baseball, and that's why we have our show for you, the baseball fan. Again, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, as far as David Ross is concerned as a manager for the Cubs, what is this? give me something that David Ross can do that Joe Madden could not do. Um, because 
in baseball, we're seeing this more and more often now, a little bit in basketball, but definitely in baseball, where if you're a good quote unquote baseball man, if you're someone that's been around baseball or was a catcher or was a smart player, you don't have to be able to go up and down the roads of the buses and be some kind of first or third base coach or some pitching coach or some manager in the minor leagues. Now, if you're just a good baseball man or just have some great thoughts on television, you could have the opportunity to be a manager in the big leagues before years ago, as you well know, and you had to be able to put a lot of time in to be able to relate to people on a minor league level to teach the game. And now if you won a world series or if you just seem to be playing at a pretty good level or understand the game, just in a general manager or a president of baseball operation likes you, they're going to hire you. So it's different. Uh, the qualifications, the resume does not have to be long for you to be a manager in Major League Baseball in some instances. It's the same thing with Ross here. Ross Ross is a broadcaster and now the manager for this Cubs team. And so let me get your thoughts here. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We start our first with Scott in Highland Park with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Scott. Hey, Hoodie. How you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks for checking in. Listen, uh... I don't think we should we, – we, we have to be realistic here. Let's not put all of the problems on the Cubs on Joe Madden. Joe Madden did a fine job with the Cubs. He's a terrific manager. As with a lot of managers, the routine gets a little bit, you know, common and people start, you know, not maybe performing. I think David Ross can do a good job. But i got to be honest, I put this on the management. I don't think our minor league system has retooled. I don't think our players have pre- – performed on the field anywhere near the way they should. And I think that, that it's going to be a process here. So uh, I like David Ross. I think he can do a good job. I think it's going to be tough for him as David Ross, the, the manager, and not David Ross, the buddy. But uh, it's not going to happen overnight. I'll hang up and listen and see what you say. Scott, I appreciate your telephone call. He leaves on open for you, by the way. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 here on the baseball show. So... So I never thought that Madden should have been let go. I think Madden should still be the manager for the Cubs. But when you talk to Jesse and we talk to other insiders that have been around Clark and Addison and watch this team very closely, they say that there was kind of a fatigue in some ways from Theo's standpoint on how Madden was handling business. Now, again, when you look at what the Cubs were winning the World Series in 2016, as good as that team was, and then you get to the playoffs, you lose uh, four games to win the NLCS, you lose again in the wild card, and then you don't make the playoffs. Well, now there's a regression there, and I, I understand that. But I just felt that Madden was the right guy to be able to turn the nose up on this team, pull the nose up, and have this team be better with this core. Um, firing hitting coaches was an, an issue for me because it wasn't the, the hitting coach. It was just like, it seems like this team was in a two-year slump offensively. Um, and you look at that lineup, there are a lot of teams that are in the middle or bad in baseball that would want to have Baez and Rizzo and be able to have quality players um, like Bryant on the team and Hayward and feel that they could be able to do some damage. And it is just... Uh, a team that has underachieved the last couple of seasons. And so it's it's not about Ross and Madden in that regard. It's about the players have to be able to perform, sure. But the question is, like, in this case, in 2020, Madden should still be the manager in my eyes. But now Ross is the man in charge. And so Ross has to change the culture for what it was. 
if, if you're going to have the same culture that you had, then you should have kept Madden. If you're still going to be able to have My Little Pony, you know, backpacks and play dress up going on the plane, um, well, Madden was already doing that. And if he's just going to treat the, the players like men and not be in their faces for every little thing, well, Madden could have done that. That's my point. Like, what can Ross do that Madden did not? Because if you want to get to the playoffs, it's about the players, but it's also about the culture in that locker room. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Justin in Naperville with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hey, Justin. Hey, so I just wanted to give a couple thoughts. I think that the main difference between them is that, one, I think that David Ross will get them a more consistent spot in the lineup. I remember Jason Hayward on Waddle and Sylvia about last year saying that it helps the players, it helps the batters, kind of have that one number one spot, that number two spot, and just kind of get into that that daily um, ritual. Uh, and I also think that Joe Madden was kind of lenient on them when they needed a little bit of more of a push. And I think that David Ross will kind of get on them. I think that's what they've been missing the last few years. He he was once your friend, now your boss. Would you take that if you're one of the Cub players? Can you take that? Yeah, I, I personally think that it can work. I think that a lot of stories came out where he kind of was a player manager in the 2016 season where if they messed up, if they didn't, run out of fly ball or something, he would yell at them like while they were while he was still a player. I appreciate your telephone call. That's one thing for sure that we're uh, come to find out about David Ross is that this Grandpa Rossi thing was kind of just like a rib. Like it, yeah, he was an older an elder statesman on the team, but he was not some guy that was grandfatherly. That he actually had some fire about him in that in that locker room. And you got to have different personalities. If everyone is the same personality, that's not going to work. Um, but that that's the big question because it's about culture. There are some that say that the culture was too lax. Uh, for the Cubs, and I, I thought it's okay to let veteran players be able to feel comfortable in the locker room without them feeling so tense. I've been in Cubs locker rooms in the past where, I mean, you, you, it was so tense in there from from game to game because of the pressure to win. Well, there was pressure to win, but it was different with Madden and with Ross. I believe it's urgent. It's more than just, oh, what's the 60 games going to bring? Oh, it's going to be 20, you know, 60 games and it's 2020. And I think it's more urgent than that because there's so many other things on the line besides just Ross being a manager trying to get this team into the playoffs and be respectable. Uh, we don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't mean like Friday. I mean like 2021. Ross will still be the manager, but does that mean he'll have the same players? See, that, a, lot of, a lot of question marks. That's why these 60 games, if we get these 60 games in, we'll tell a great story about Ross the manager and seeing if the team responds. Will it be different? Because you know, with Madden, it was fine. It was a winning ball club, but they just underachieved. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the White Sox. Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago is with me. I'll get his thoughts in a moment about the biggest question marks for the White Sox as we go to George in Old Town with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hi, George. Hi, Jonathan. Excited about baseball beginning again. That'll be fantastic, man. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I think that David Ross was essential in the World Series push in, for the two years as the manager on the field. Now, as he transitions to the real manager... I think he has deep insight, and he'll pick somebody to, to fill that. But I think there's a more, you know, let's get it done now. We have to focus with David Ross than there would be for Mr. Madden. He was fantastic, don't get me wrong. I just think the time was right for a change. Sometimes you got to make the change for the better of the whole team, and I think it was the right move, and I think he's going he's gonna to bring that to the team. 
All right, my friend, thanks so much for checking in. I appreciate your phone call. I mentioned earlier that there are a number of players that have something to prove for 2020. And for the Cubs standpoint under David Ross, it has to be Kyle Schwarber is one. Schwarber uh, wants to um, play the outfield. But he also does not mind being DH. I don't see a lot of belly aching from him about DH, but everyone says, well, Schwarber's going to be DH full-time here in 2020. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but I think Schwarber can really put the team on his back offensively, especially if he's just focused on offense. Um, there's always question marks about him in the outfield. He knows they're out there, but imagine that bat coming up there four times uh, every game and giving you quality offensively. You Darvish has something to prove, I believe, for 2020 as well. You Darvish is developing another yet another pitch, and I just think, as I mentioned last night, I've, I was not a big fan of the Darvish signing to start with. Uh, he gave you some moments here and there, but I think that that's a guy that needs to be steady here with Quintana out for a little bit, uh, with Hendricks being the starter, the opening day starter for the for the Cubs. I think that Darvish has to be able to to uh, be able to step in here for the twelve or thirteen starts he's going to have, and and just manage the game. Nothing fancy. Just just get the ball over the plate and get out of there. Um, and Ross is on my list as well as a manager. He's got something to prove in these 60 games because these 60 games can tell you the difference between staying the course or changing the Cubs roster uh, for the 2021 season. For the White Sox, here's, here's a name that we have not talked about all summer, and that's Mazzara in right field. This move by the White Sox getting Mazzara in right field was widely panned. Many of you. Uh, were telling me in the winter and in the spring, like, why Mazzara? Why this deal? This is the deal that people have a head-scratcher about. Like, what, what's with this guy? Um, but Mazzara can be able to quiet a lot of haters and just be able to just do what he does and be able to provide some offense. It's it's one thing to look at the, the shiny uh, new objects that you see, like the, the new toys, like in center field with Robert seeing what Jimenez is going to bring for the 2020 season. Moncada, Abreu, uh, with uh, Tim Anderson, the American League batting champion. Grandal coming over. But Mazzara can be able to not just be a guy. He can actually be able to do some damage. I won't, I'm keeping my eyes on him. Kalame as a closer. We haven't talked about him as well. He's on a, a prove-it deal, a one-year $10 million deal that was signed in January. Let's see what he can do. It's an already pretty good bullpen for the White Sox, but Kalame is, is part of that. Can he maintain and be solid for the White Sox to close games in the ninth inning? And you know, I'll throw Tim Anderson in there. Tim Anderson is loose, and he's American League hitting champion. And I, what I want to see is I want to see it again. Not necessarily American League hitting champion, but just stay consistent. Uh, be a threat when he comes to the plate. Be someone who's dangerous like some of these other players on this White Sox team. And so those are just kind of the players that I think need to prove it in 2020. We had that question up uh, at ESPN MLB show on Twitter as well. And you can call me 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number uh, regarding the not only Ross and what he can do and Joe Madden, but also talking about the Cubs and Sox. You know, is there a player that stands out to you that has to prove it in 2020? That's going to be a theme on the show as we get closer to the um, the opening day for both the Cubs and the White Sox. I gave you my list. Schwarber, Darvish, David Ross, uh, Mazzara, 
as well as column A and Tim Anderson, you can add to that list at 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Speaking of the White Sox, got a chance to talk to Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago, covers the White Sox like a blanket. I asked him about big picture questions for the White Sox for 2020. Yeah, I think that there are a lot. I think I'll, I'll go back to the starting rotation and, and two names in particular, and that's Dylan Cease and Reynaldo Lopez. These guys did not have great numbers last year. I think Cease, you can chalk it up to, you know, he's dipping his toes in Major League waters for the first time, right? He's, he's facing big league hitting for the first time, and people are still raving about his stuff. Reynaldo Lopez kind of switched places with Lucas Giolito a little bit almost, right? I mean, in 2018, Giolito was the one with the, with the really bad numbers, and then he went to work in the offseason and became the, an all-star, became the ace of the staff. 2018, I think you could say that Reynaldo Lopez was probably the best starting pitcher on the team, and then last year struggles with consistency. Obviously, he had some flashes of brilliance, but it wasn't a good year for him. Uh, now, the good news, I think, is that there there's a reason to expect maybe that Lopez could make that bounce back kind of like Giolito did because he's talked so much about the work he did in the offseason on the mental approach to the game, which, of course, is what Giolito did two off-seasons ago to get to where he's at now. So, yeah, the questions are what can Cease give them, what can Lopez give them specifically this year. If they can give them enough, if they can be good, and if they can make this rotation uh, deep from one, two, three, four, maybe even down to five and even six, if that's how many guys are going to be in it, we'll see, uh, then you're talking about a team that might end up being the most balanced team in the entire division. To buy Ballpark Pub on Pershing. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Ballpark Pub on Pershing as a proud official White Sox bar has all of Bridgeport's favorite pastimes. Good sports, good food, and good drink. Cubs, Sox, and so much more. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Again, it's at ESPN MLB Show and also at ESPN 1000. Lines are open for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number for the baseball show. Every night after Waddle and Sylvie, this is the place you come. Hey, you're a Cub fan or Sox fan or fan of Major League Baseball. Not only do you follow us on Twitter, but also check out the show and have your voice heard. A lot of these shows, um, these pre- and post-game shows for the Cubs and Sox and around baseball, they don't let you have a voice. This show allows you to have a voice to talk about your team without a screener saying, ah, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe that's a little too strong. You say it how you want to say it about your favorite team, Cubs and Sox. Not just now, but all throughout the season for Major League Baseball for the Cubs and Sox right here on ESPN 1000. All right, let's uh, crack open the old MLB notebook. Let me see if I can put some money in your pocket. Jay Hood's MLB Notebook. Let's see what we got here for the MLB notebook. Uh, well, let's put money in your pocket first, okay? Let's start there because I got a chance to talk to uh, Matt Peralt. Matt Peralt is a podcaster from bettingpros.com and also has a syndicated radio show, Pushing the Odds. Uh, and Matt helped us um, earlier today about the Cubs and Sox. If you're going to bet on the Cubs and White Sox, how do you handle it? So we start first with the, the White Sox. The White Sox uh, over at 31 and a half. 
Look, they've made a lot of good moves. They've added, you know, they added on the payroll. They've spent more than years past. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. Win total at 31 and a half, 31, depending on the book that you're looking at. And I, I think you can take a flyer on this team because of the young talent and because they're a little bit of an unknown. I don't mind betting the over on them here and having kind of a breakout because, as we know, last year the Nationals, through 60 games, had won 27 games and then went on to win the World Series. But we just don't know what these teams are going to do. And I actually like the younger teams more than the veteran teams because I think the young kids don't know any better. Like They're just going to come out and play because it's baseball. They don't have families. Most of them don't have wives and most of them don't have young children at home that they're worried about and trying to keep COVID away. So I think the ignorance is bliss angle for the White Sox might actually be really nice. And if they can get some pitching and some performances uh, out of their starters, their division is winnable, and, and they have a much easier schedule than, say, the other team in Chicago and who they're going to face every day So in this 60-game schedule. So I like the over 31-and-a-half for Chicago this year, and I, I think they could be – I mean, look, I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I think they're definitely going to be in the conversation in the division. All right, so we heard about the White Sox. What about the Cubs? What can we expect from the Cubs from a sports gambling standpoint? I'm not touching this team with a 10-foot pole for that very reason we just laid out. David Ross is a really big X factor. Look, it could work, and former players have stepped up, and, and, and you know, the Red Sox looked at Jason Veritek, and teams have kind of kicked around the idea of bringing back guys who are catchers, who are really intelligent, who have won championships. David Ross, obviously, two-time champion with the Red Sox and with the Cubs, and a guy who's beloved by fans and players alike. It's just really hard to go from the guy that you lean on for advice to the guy who's going to be screaming at you and yelling at you and benching you when you're not playing well. So, I, I look, if I was to bet this, I'm not going to. I would take the 32 wins and go with the under with the Cubs. I, I just don't know how that pitching staff's going to develop. I just don't know that with that division, with how difficult it is. I like the Brewers a lot. The Cardinals are obviously going to be a very big problem. I just think the division is so difficult, and you're going to play so many of these games of the 60 in your own division that I think it's going to be tough for the Cubs. And I don't blame teams like Chicago or other teams that are trying to build towards 2021 to look at this and say, hey, we're going to try out some different options and put on some of our younger players and give them chances to step up and see what they can do, simply because this year is such a wash and such a weird year. So, I mean, I'm not betting it, but if I did, I'd bet the Cubs under. All right, so just a little advice there to put some money in your pocket or to uh, maybe spend a little money to see uh, what you want to do with the Cubs and White Sox there as we get a chance to find out um, uh, his thoughts on that, Matt Peralt. Um, Oh, so Jesse Rogers broke the story earlier this afternoon about Kyle Hendricks. He's going to get his first opening day start on uh, next Friday, uh, getting the nod over teammate Hugh Darvish. It's going to be Hendricks, Hugh Darvish, and then we're going to find out the rest and how that goes. It will be uh, Tyler Chatwood or will it be John Lester? We don't know yet, but at least we do know it's Hendricks, then Darvish, 1-2 to start off the season for the Chicago Cubs. We are cracking open our MLB notebook right here on the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So I don't know if you've noticed this, Eric, but we have had a lot of people complaining. And I don't know why to us at ESPN MLB show, but there have been a lot of people when we asked our question yesterday, like, you know, your thoughts on the Cubs and Sox. And people's like, well, I don't know because I can't see the Cubs because I don't get the marquee network and I'm an Xfinity Comcast person. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm also uh, a Xfinity Comcast person. And I can't see the Cubs either. So uh, there's nothing else that there's nothing we can do um, as far as a show. But all of us together can be able to put pressure on the uh, the marquee network to try to get this worked out. 
Yeah, I completely get the day in and day out complaining about not having their Cubs on TV yet. Like, it's getting close, and as we read more in the quotes and everything coming out, it's it's all we keep getting back is we hope it's going to happen. Oh, don't worry. It'll happen. We'll prove it. Like, I don't want to miss my Cubs. I have Hulu, so I'm fine. But most of the Chicagoland market right now, it still doesn't get to watch the Cubs. Like, I'm enjoying watching the White Sox uh, exhibit or uh, summer camp games, and I'm getting to catch the Cubs summer camp games. And Cubs fans should get that opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm catching on the My Teams app for NBC Sports. But again, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to be able to watch the Cub games. Can't host a baseball show without the uh, without being able to watch the Cubs. So I'm going to try to figure that out. Uh, uh, Yohan Moncada is back with the White Sox after being diagnosed with COVID-19, and he's out there now practicing because there's going to be a game at Guaranteed Rate Field tonight, and the lineups are in. Do I give the lineups for a practice game? Or should, I do, should I do that, Eric? Like, the like, inner squad lineups? Yeah, like... Uh, I mean, uh, hell yeah. yeah, let's baseball it up. Okay, well, I guess <laughs> the baseball show, I guess. The home team will be Anderson, Robert, Abreu in the lineup, followed by Encarnacion, Jimenez, and Grandal, Mazzara, Cutbert and Delmonico with Cease being the starting pitcher. The away team will be Madrigal, Collins, McCann, Vaughn. Boy, he's I saw a great throw from him over from third base over there. He'll be playing third base tonight. Mendick at short. Uh, Mercedes in left field. Basabe in right. Uh, Adam Engel, the center fielder, and Rodon will be starting. So a Cease against Rodon in this uh, practice game tonight at guaranteed rate for the White Sox. Um, but you are right, by the way. That I saw a number of, of places where um, there's a little time left before opening day, Mike McCarthy said, not the Cowboys coach, but the uh, the marquee sports uh, uh, network GM says he's confident that it's going to be on Comcast. Um, so so we'll see. This is That was a quote from him. I can't speak for Comcast, but I would want to be on the TV distribution business in Chicago with the Cubs coming back and not having that content, he said. That's what McCarthy said. So, yeah, it wouldn't be a fun place to be, I would think. Yeah. I mean, you got to uh, – McCarthy used to work for MSG Network. It was the president of MSG Network, by the way, in New York. and knows all about um, the carriage issues here. So we'll see what happens. But a lot of people on our feed at ESPN MLB Show mad that they can't see the Cub game because they are a Comcast person. I totally understand your frustration. And I don't know if I'm reading between the lines or anything when I hear that, but to me that sounds like the negotiations aren't going well. Right. Because he's basically throwing in their face, so Comcast in this area, like, they're clearly not doing their job if they don't have us. Do they know who we are? Do they know who my dad is? That's what the Cubs just pulled. <laughs> I know. I know. I just I just thought that was amazing. I'll sneak this in, and then we'll probably talk about this tomorrow, because I thought it was a really good piece from Buster Olney uh, from ESPN.com. Buster Olney's top ten teams, uh, and he says that the Yankees and the Dodgers have some competition. So uh, Mike Trout, the player with the most significant contract in baseball, does not play for the Dodgers. Neither does Bryce Harper, who has the second biggest contract, nor Giancarlo Stanton or Cole or Machado or... Uh, Pujols or Strasburg or Anthony Rondon. In fact, the biggest financial obligations that the Dodgers have for any individual players are Clayton Kershaw's $46.8 million for 2020-2021 and the $48 million they they took uh, of David Price's contract to make the deal for Mookie Betts. And what he's talking about is, is that when we take a look at the top teams in Major League Baseball, and it, it, you know, a lot of the talent spread out, 
Yankees on his list of top teams for this upcoming season. Yankees for him is are number one. Garrett Cole being in the front of the rotation is a big part of that. The Dodgers are number two on this list with Howie Kendrick clubbed the Grand Slam home run in Game Five of the Division Series. Um, I do recall that. They lost the World Series in 17 and 18, but he has the Dodgers still at number two. Dodgers keep knocking on the door. They just haven't broken through just as of yet. The Tampa Bay Rays at three for this list. Watch for Tyler Glass now. If he stays healthy, look out. That's a really good rotation that the uh, Rays have. Uh, Houston is fourth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. There we go. Houston is fourth in this list because they need to have a little banging in order for for them to be able to win. Uh, The Nationals are fifth. Oakland is sixth. The Braves are seventh. The Cardinals are eighth. uh, The Minnesota Twins, nine. And the Mets, ten in the top ten for Buster Olney. So where are the Cubs and Sox? Uh, Well, on this list, he gives the best of the rest. He has the Cubs 13th and the Sox 15th on his list. We'll get into that more tomorrow on the baseball show. Why are the Cubs or Sox not even in the mix for the top ten? We'll explain that tomorrow on the baseball show. All right. Uh, let us. Can we sneak in Rich and Darian? Yeah, let's get Rich in. Okay. Then I know we got five for five right around the corner. Let me get Rich and Darian because if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, David Ross, the manager for the Cubs. What is something that Ross can do that Madden could not? Rich joins us here on the baseball show. Hi, Rich. Hi, Hoodie. How are you, buddy? Good. I wanted to get you in before you broke, so tell me your thoughts on Madden Ross, please. You know, I absolutely loved Madden. I thought I've been watching the Cubs my whole life, and I thought he was the best manager we'd ever had by far. Mm -hmm. I thought he was one of the most qualified people I'd ever watched as far as his career, where he had such an extensive career in the minor leagues, being a scout. The guy knew everything about baseball. I mean... He was really and and just an amazing man at getting the most out of every person. I, I'm shocked they let him go. I'm, I'm disappointed too. I, I feel about Madden. I appreciate your phone call. I feel like Madden how I felt about Quinville with the Hawks. I just, you know, you, you get a, a championship level club. You you should reward the manager. I don't know how all of a sudden the luster goes off just because the team is not winning the World Series doesn't mean it's a failure of an organization. It might be stagnant, but it doesn't mean it's a failure. But now he's with the Angels with a very very good Angels team. Watch for them this year. And now here's David Ross having to try to uh, restart the battery for the Cubs, especially offensively for the 2020 season. Five four five next on TBS. <laughs> Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Ballpark Pub on Pershing. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Nails today. Ballpark Pub on Pershing is a proud official White Sox bar and it's all of Bridgeport's favorite pastimes. Good sports, good food, and good drink. This is the show about the show. You've been in the show, man? The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. Greatest days of my life. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Five 
follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. It's ESPN MLB Show for the baseball show. Weeknights at 6 right here on ESPN 1000. Under the Hood comes your way at 7 o'clock. we got a throwback Thursday for you right at 7 o'clock. I think that you're going to enjoy, so make sure that you uh, check in with us at 7 o'clock for Under the Hood for a throwback Thursday at 7.02 right here on ESPN 1000. we got five minutes left in the show, so we better do 5.45. Ah, yes. Five for five, Eric, as we go through five topics in five minutes. We're against the clock, but now we got to look at five topics in five minutes, so you go right ahead. All right, with our five minutes and five topics, we are going to make a Chicago starting rotation. Hmm. So from the current Cubs and White Sox roster, we're going to go five to one and give our starting five for this particular season. One thing I want to ask is... Will you put Quintana in consideration because we don't know about his health? Quintana is not on my list because I do, do not know about his health. Okay, perfect. I, he didn't make my list anyways. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's not on my list. I, I hope that's not too, too early to tell, but I, I do not have him on my list. All right, so, Jonathan, who is your number five starter? Number five starter is you, Darvish. And the reason why it's you, Darvish, even though I'm not the, the biggest fan of Darvish over the years, I just know that there is some, uh, there's shades of brilliance with Darvish when, he is, when he's out there. And I do give him credit for at least trying to invent and try to, reduce, uh, uh, try to reinvent himself on the mound as a pitcher. He's working with new pitches now. We're hearing that from Jesse Rogers. And Jesse says, oh, we see this all the time from him. But at least he's trying. It's not some guy that just you know, is lying around and doesn't want to get better. So I'll put Darvish in the number five spot. That is much lower than I have him on my list. My number five <laughs> starter is John Lester. And I actually was kind of waffling. I think this is one of the last years for John Lester to remain as one of the top five pitchers in Chicago. As we saw in the second half last year, he really kind of to fall off a lot. And it's something that you want to consider. All right, Jonathan, your number four starter. You go first. All right. My number four for this one will be the uh, newly acquired Dallas Keuchel for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I think he showed in in short time last season uh, with the Braves how what he can do and like how consistent. He's kind of an innings eater. He's going to go out there and give you good, consistent starts. We hope that he adds to a mentorship within the rotation. But I got Dallas Keuchel as my number four starter for the Chicago starting rotation. I just think that you always need to be able to have your version of John Lester from the White Sox. I've been waiting for that one starter that can be able to emerge. Um, Keuchel is my number four on this list, uh, and there's a reason. is because here's a guy here that's in control for three years, and in those three years the Sox can really do some damage, and Keuchel's going to be a big part of that. So that's my number four guy on my list. So we have the same number four. All right. Now to your three slot. I'll let you go first this time. My number three guy on this list is John Lester. Okay. Uh, the reason why it's John Lester is because um, this might be the last year we see John Lester. Uh, we were talking about him just the other night about how Lester feels like, man, you know, I, I never thought they would end this way. 60 games, maybe he gets 11 or 12 starts. But there is the Lester we saw from 2016 or even 2015 is not the same Lester we're seeing now in 2020. Um, it, once he starts giving up some runs early in, in games, he starts to get red faced, gets um, gets really frustrated. He's a competitor, Eric, but just I think we might be seeing the end at some point from Lester. 
I have Dar- or Lester lower on my list because of the difference of the season be- as well. Because with his age, you'd say it'd be best for him to skip starts here and there. All of a sudden, you skip starts, and now he's making eight total starts this season. So I will go with my three starter with who you went as your five starter with you Darvish. I think you Darvish is the number three in this city. I think he, ha- he has the best stuff of anyone in the city, but it's a matter of him managing it and managing the different season. Uh, we will see what out of you Darvish. All right, number two hole. Go ahead, sir. All right, my number two is the man who was just named opening day starter for the Cubs, and I'm going with Kyle Hendricks as my number two starter. Someone that no matter what 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 kind of day it is outside, what, what park he's at, he's coming out and he's analyzing, he's pitching well, he's going to give you consistently strong innings. So I think Kyle Hendricks is my number two on my rotation. Well, I'm going to go with Brad Wick. and oh, I'm sorry. No, I can't do that. <laughs> Wait, one um, of those Wicks? Rowan? Or <laughs> just take them all in one bundle? I, I, have, I have no choice but to go along with you with Kyle Hendricks. And it's not because I think that he is dynamic. He's 30 years, a, 30 years of age, and he's a guy that is a pitcher's pitcher, meaning that he doesn't have overpowering stuff. All of his off-speed stuff seems to resonate from time to time. He's getting the nod as the opening day starter for a reason. He's not a dominant but he's just steady for the Cubs, so he would be number two for me. And who is your number one? Obviously, it kind of lays it out pretty easily. Who's your ace for your Chicago? So Chicagoland, all both teams roster, who is your ace? Alex Calame. Hey, there we go. No, it's... it's <laughs> A little no, Tampa G- Rays where we're just going <laughs> to... Backwards. Bullpen G- game. Giolito is the guy, and Giolito... You know what? You're talking about trying to prove himself again. Giolito's got to be that guy. He turned it around big time in, in uh, 2019. Think about what he was a couple of years ago, like a just a, a regular arm. And he just got so much better with throwing around the strike zone, over 54% throwing around uh, around the strike zone last year. That's a big improvement from what we saw from even a couple of years ago with Giolito. I got Giolito as well. He is the only one on this list or in Chicagoland currently that received any Cy Young votes. I will say it was much closer when you sit down and think about Hendricks and Giolito because Hendricks is undoubtedly more of a sure thing. We know what we're going to get in Hendricks. Lucas Giolito, we hope we can replicate what we got out of him, but he is definitely the ace in Chicago's starting rotation. That, my friends, is 5-4-5 right here on ESPN 1000. Thanks to Eric Ostrowski on the other side of the glass. For Eric, I'm Jonathan. Don't forget, Friday night at 6 o'clock, another edition of the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Under the hood in two minutes. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.